Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Telling the Story podcast, a look at how journalists and all of us reach the world. I am Matt Pearl, author of the Telling the Story blog and a reporter at NBC in Atlanta. First off, want to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher is probably the best podcast app I know. It keeps a playlist of all your favorite shows and automatically updates with new episodes so you don't need to download them. Just download the Stitcher app and subscribe to the Telling the Story podcast. Secondly, to all the aspiring TV reporters out there, check out my new book. It's called The Solo Video Journalist. It is a how-to guide for those in local TV news who do it all, shooting and editing their own stories. The book's been out for a few months. I've gotten some really, really nice feedback from current working journalists in the biz. I'd love for you to check it out. That's The Solo Video Journalist, available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the publisher's website. Let's get to our guest, a guest newly adorned with one of the highest honors in TV photojournalism. This past week, he was named the NPPA's Central Top Regional Photographer of the Year, and he was also named a finalist for the NPPA's prestigious national honor, the Ernie Crisp Photographer of the Year, and he was named a finalist for NPPA National Editor of the Year. I've had, to chance, I've had the chance to see him in action and see how much pride he takes in his work. It is my pleasure to have him on the podcast. Chad Nelson, welcome to the Telling the Story podcast. Thanks for having me. Chad, first of all, congratulations. I am not surprised to see your name on so many accolades this year, such great work you've been doing all year. Are you surprised? Uh, I th- yeah, I think I, I, think I am. <laughs> yeah, so... Um. I, I just try to do good work, so it's it's nice to uh, have people recognize, you know, that that hard that hard work putting in to uh, tell the stories of the people, you know, in our community. What uh, what where and when were you, or where and when did you hear the news about Central Top Regional Photographer of the Year, and what was your reaction when you found out? Uh, well, I. Uh, Angelica Donis from WTVF uh, in Nashville is uh, super talented, and I knew I knew it was going to be close. Um, I was actually I think I think I was watching catching up on This Is Us with my wife, and uh, <laughs> and all and I was like, hey, I think they're going to announce that, so we, we turned it on, watched it on our Apple TV, and no, I, I, I yeah, my wife and I were just sitting here, kid was in bed, and it was it was. It was uh, quite the honor to uh, win that and barely eke out that win. I had a lot of, a lot of help from the other care crew that, that I think perhaps uh, blocked Donis from winning. But she's so talented; she's she'll she'll win it. I know she will. We always are uh, competing hard with them. So, so many yeah. talented photographers in that region, and largely from those two stations, WTVF in Nashville and yours. Care 11 in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I didn't even say which station you worked for yet, but that is one of the great storytelling shops in the country. And, you know, on this podcast, I want to get into the nitty-gritty of how you do your job as well as you do. But I also want to use this opportunity to touch on newsroom culture. And to be in that newsroom, you mentioned just having the teamwork that exists there. Talk a little bit more about how that shows up on a day-to-day basis in that newsroom. Well, I think it, it starts from the top down for sure. I mean, our news director, Jane Helmke, is a big 
a believer in um, storytelling, and um, it's not it's not really that we focus so much on winning awards as much as we just focus on doing good work. And every time you do that, awards are going to come. So, um, but it it really does start from the top. And then uh, our chief photographer Jeff Wilkin, strong advocate, and just putting you know the tools and the assignments in the in the talented people's hands, which we have a, a huge, huge talent pool at Care. It's it's uh, it's an incredible place to work when you have so many people around you that are so good at doing their job. It, it really inspires everybody to just work harder. I'll never forget uh, the the one and only time that I walked in the building at Care. It was uh, the Ignite Your Passion workshop a few years ago. I was invited to speak, and the day before, I came by to say hello to all my my friends at Care and, and get to meet uh, some new friends uh, who have since become new friends at Care. And it was just a dazzling experience to be in there. I'll never forget Jonathan Malott, uh was working, he was editing a piece that Boyd Hoopert, uh, the just tremendously talented feature reporter, previous podcast guest here, and, and you know, just a legend in our business. Jonathan Malott was working on a Boyd Hoopert piece, and he was editing it. It was his second day. He was working on uh, color saturation and all of these just, you know, seemingly minute details, but those that are critically important to just that extra level of a story. And the other thing that I remember about it was that photographers kept popping in just to see how it was going and to see what he was working on and what he was doing. And it's very rare to see that camaraderie in a newsroom. And and it's got to be something where it's obviously it's it's everybody's working together. But I would imagine there's also kind of a, a friendly competition there when you've got so many talented people, specifically photojournalists, who are all putting out great work. Oh, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> but I, I truly do mean it that the competition is very friendly. I mean, we're all rooting each other on. And if if um, if Kevin Sullivan or Bill Mitike or or Rob Collett, anybody was right in my position tied after the third quarter for regional, we we all would have cheered them on, too. Like, dude, you got this. You, you, you know, you need a good <laughs> quarter. So um, but yeah, the especially like you you talked about people popping into Jonathan's edit bay and, and just say, Hey, Hey, what do you got going? It's, it's, it's because people want to learn, you know? So Jonathan obviously was a great asset for us, uh, just to suck up his knowledge, you know, and, um, <clears throat> learn, learn just very casually, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sit down. Here's how you do it. It's, it's watching him work. It's watching, you know, Rob work, it's watching everybody work, uh, from shooting down to, you know, once you send that story, you know, for air. So what's the best lesson you've learned by watching one of your peers at care 11 work? Um, I think patience is probably the best lesson that I've learned, uh, overall, just, you know, I, I did a story that's on my, uh, photographer of the year tape on this dog um called bruno and it was my first ever doggy stakeout i, I literally <laughs> waited for <laughs> boyd and i literally waited in the rain for about an hour and a half at five thirty in the morning for this dog to come walking down the road because we didn't we didn't know if he was gonna even come out you know <laughs> so 
it when you when you put in the time to get one shot, just him coming down this dirt road, you you don't want to squander that that time you put in already, right? So patience is key. I, I think it's being patient in your edit, slowing it down, and really thinking it through. And I think I think that's the the number one thing I've learned since coming to care for sure. Patience uh, is an interesting quality in a television journalist because we are constantly pressed with deadlines and patience is a beautiful thing when there is no time limit but under the the crunch of the day can be very difficult not to want to fly through every step of the process and and i say that as a solo video journalist who you know I, i don't get that breather i'm constantly just i'm tackling each step as it comes and and I'm curious as to your take on that. Obviously, when you're working with Boyd and you have a few days, um, yeah. you know you can kind of take those chances. When you're on a deadline and when you're in the mix, how does patience show up there? Well, I think it it shows up in a in a very similar way in that um, when you when you know you you always have an idea of what your moments are going to be, right? If you if you get a, assigned a, a story on a graduation or something, you know what your key moments are going to be. Just like if you go to a wedding, you know, all right, the kiss is the most important thing, right? You know, the, the vows are another one. You, you know your key points. But the patience is getting those three key moments. And then everything else is just going to fall into place. But if you, if you rush and you're not patient about it, you're going to miss the keys, Right. And, and the moments are what are going to drive your story to begin with. So for me, going back to like that Bruno story, a key moment was him first coming into the picture, you know, and I, and we knew we had to get that. And then being patient about just waiting for moments to happen. And on, on a, on a uh, daily turn story where you, you don't have the convenience of working, you know, with Boyd on a longer form piece, it's, it's very similar you you wait for your key moments and then you build around those to get you in and out. So I think that's where patience really comes into play on your on your day-to-day. This is the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. He is Chad Nelson, photojournalist at Care TV in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the new NPPA Central Top Regional Photographer of the Year. He's also a finalist in the NPPA's Best of Photojournalism Awards for National Photographer of the Year and National Editor of the Year. So let's talk technique a little more, Chad. And and for those listening to this with a second screen available, check out the blog for the show notes for this podcast. We're going to be breaking down two of Chad's stories. You're welcome to watch while listening, or you can pause this podcast, watch the stories, come back and listen, however you want to do it. But I, I want to dissect some things with you, Chad, and talk about a couple of stories in addition to Bruno, which you, you just mentioned. The first story, the piece you did, a long-form feature with Boyd Hubert called Bus Company Owner Goes Above and Beyond for His Students. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, give just a quick background on the story and talk about how long you had to shoot it and, and the basics of how it came together. Uh, so the story came about actually um, from a, a tip from somebody in our newsroom. And actually, funny story, uh, Boyd had shot... A, a story down in that uh, area a few years ago with with Jonathan Malott, and allegedly Malott looked saw that guy in the red hat greeting the bus drivers, and he turned to Boyd and said, "We should do a story on that guy." But then they both kind of forgot about it, <laughs> <laughs> and then we we uh, got a tip from someone in our newsroom that hey, this 
or Boyd got the tip. Um, so that's how the story came about. But the the gist of the story is this this um, this guy who owns a bus company in a small town, and you know, standard order of a bus owner is they they own the bus company. They don't they don't do much more than that. And I mean, I'm sure they do a lot of work, but they they don't. This this gentleman actually goes to where the kids get picked up and dropped off and make sure every single one of them gets off the bus safely. And uh, because of that, he does it every day. And because of that, these kids have just grown to love him. They, they look at, they look up to him. They share, you know, stories with him. They ask for his advice. They literally jump into his arms uh, when they see him in the morning. And it's just a very touching story. And then I won't ruin the story too much, but, um, but there's some other little layers that that come about that, kind of explaining why he he finds it so important to do that. So, a beautiful story and, and beautifully crafted uh, as far as Boyd's script. But I remember when I was watching it, what stood out to me was that that story is one of the most exquisitely shot pieces I have ever seen. Like every shot is just immaculate, beautifully framed. The color is gorgeous, and I have to ask, how much of that is just having the eye in the field and how much of that is knowing how to then edit and massage the video back in the newsroom? I think they kind of go hand in hand, but I think um, knowing how you're going to do things in uh, – I, I don't do a lot of post work necessarily, but I definitely try to get it as true as life is. You know, so when when you know how you're going to do that later, it helps you when you're shooting. So I I shoot, I watch my uh, uh, I watch my histogram a lot in my viewfinder and see that I can still bring out the details. Um, you know, so if and I tend to shoot a little darker than I normally would if it's on a long form um, piece because I I don't want like that guy's wearing a lot of red. Yes. So if you, bring anything out red is red can be really dangerous in your scope um so if i'm getting too technical just let me know but uh well well, let's let's back it up and talk about the histogram a little bit so when you're and and i'm sure a lot of people listening might not even realize that that is something that they can see in their viewfinder so talk about what you're looking specifically for uh when you check out the histogram and how that affects what you're able to do uh in post to get that true color you were talking about so when I'm looking at my histogram, uh, and for those that don't know, it's it's a basically a graph um, showing where your your uh, lows and your highs are, and if you have a nice like hump, it almost makes a almost like a peak in the middle. That 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 usually is a good indicator that you have a lot of detail in the mids. Whereas if you're really far to the highs or or to the lows. And it's a giant spike, just like one line. You're not going to have a lot of detail in there, and it, you you've almost crushed that shot where um, your low ends, like your blacks and your shadows, your your camera's not taking any information in there. It's just basically making it a black or a, or a white, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. So, so when I'm shooting, if I know. Um, you know, I want to bring those reds up a little. I have to be conscious of that. You know, if I want to bring those reds to to be true human eye, because your camera naturally isn't going to shoot like your eye sees, um, 
you have to kind of be conscious about that. Um, if that all makes sense. And I, and I think, and to kind of easier to explain when you're looking at it than it is. Yeah. For me to... Well, and yeah. sure. And, and I think a lot of that too is, is comes down to the contrast, uh, in brightness that you yeah. get when you're shooting a shot. And if you're, if you're in a situation, I was shooting a story last week where I was, it was a giant field on a sunny day and the grass was getting all blown out. But the object that I was shooting was a wall that was black and in the shade. And it created mm-hmm. massive headaches for me trying to shoot, yeah. uh, trying to get shots that would not just blow out either completely overexposed or completely underexposed. It, it's, it, and those are the kind of things where the histogram helps. Yes, for sure. And you and I have had long talks about the power of color. I, I, quick story about when I met you. It was in Cleveland, Ohio, at the Cleveland Cavaliers Victory Parade. And we were working, uh, we were each sent there to help our station in Cleveland, as well as uh, the other stations in our uh, in our Tegna family. And I was watching you work just for a little while and, and just seeing how much attention you paid to the color of your shots. And this was editing in the edit bay, trying to get out that truth so where it's matching on the screen what you saw in your eyes when you were out there personally. Why is that so important to you? Uh, I think because you don't want to you don't want to falsely represent what it was. You know, if, if 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 I'm out there and it's a it's an orange bright orange sky and it's beautiful, you know, sun going down, uh, boats out on the water or something, and you, you get back and it's like a a yellowish teal and it's a little overblown. It it's not it's not necessarily about making it beautiful. It's about making it the way it was and making when people watch it feel the way that you feel when you look at a sunset, you know, not to be too romantic about it, but you, you know, that's what I want people to see. And when the red hat story, for example, is what we generally refer to it, the bus driver story. Um, I want people to see those reds the way I saw them. It's, it's a bright contrast. Uh, this guy sticks out in the middle of that crowd cause he's got bright red hat. And plus, um, <laughs> uh, you know, if you watch the story, you'll know why the, the hats were somewhat important. Um, but, you know, you want those things to stick out. You want those things to be uh, punctuated by their color. So the red hat story is the first one I wanted to talk about. The second one is a slightly <laughs> different topic. It's a piece you did with then care reporter Buazong on Pokemon Go and that wonderful phenomenon that took everyone by storm this summer. This should have been a standard day turn piece, and the two of you made it otherwise. You specifically using all sorts of effects and doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work to make it really stand out. Talk about what went into that process. So, that, that, yeah, that was your typical day turn story. It was a little longer than we normally do, but um, I, I, I wanted uh, I wanted to use Bua a little bit walking around. So I, I hooked a GoPro onto her cell phone um, with just your standard GoPro clamp, you know, stick it maybe a foot in front of her. And so it's looking back at her. And then I did the opposite looking forward um, at just the phone. But I wanted, I wanted it to be that I wanted it to feel like you're walking around looking for Pokemon. Right. So, so the best way to do that is do kind of a POV of uh 
you staring down at your phone looking for Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the brainstorming like for something like that? Is that something you, you know the story ahead of time and you're just you're you're thinking in your own head, what can I do to make this unique? Are you talking with Bua? Are you chatting about it with other photojournalists in the newsroom? How do those kinds of ideas come about? Because I'm sure that that's not something that uh, would have instinctively happened. Or maybe it would be. I don't know. You tell me. I think it's all of those things normally. I think that day, though, you know, the luxury of working with someone like Bua or yourself um, and uh, and other MMJs or uh, mixed media journalists or whatever you want to, whatever your station decides to call them. Um, <laughs> we, uh, the nice thing about that is you, you all think visually like, a, like, cause you're a photographer, you know, you're, you're, you're a photographer just like I am. And so it's easy to spitball on uh, how to go about it. And, and Bua really wanted to um, give it a, a good little funk, funky kind of like, almost like gaming kind of feel, you know? And so I, I put a lot of effects on it. We have a little more uh, free range because that was for our show Breaking the News, which was a little more longer form day turns. Each story is about two and a half minutes. And uh, yeah. Very cool. This is the Telling the Story podcast. I'm Matt Pearl. My guest is Chad Nelson of Care TV, the newest NPPA Central Top Regional Photographer of the Year. Chad, uh, I, I like to use this last section of the podcast as kind of an advice section for younger journalists, and you're still a relatively young journalist. So talk about your journey in TV news and the things that you did early in your career to help get you where you are now. Uh, well, definitely, uh, listen, <laughs> um, <laughs> always a good one. Yeah. I, I think that, um, finding the people that are, are talented, whatever, if you want to be an investigative journalist, listen to the people that are the best at that. If you want to be a, a feature, uh, photojournalist or feature reporter, listen to the people who are best at that. And then everything you make up on your own can go with that hand in hand. But listen when those people are are talking. You know that was that was one thing that I, I felt like I did very well early on. Um, I was obviously a huge fan of Jonathan Malott's work and Scott Jensen and a lot of uh, other big names in in the photojournalism world. And I would just watch their stuff all the time. And um, and and if I was out on a VO or a, or a Vosat, I would try the things that I would see them do. You know, just. And if, it, if I screwed it up, you know, I have some other shots to make a VO out of, mm. you know. And when and then when I was on the packages, those things just started to come a little naturally, you know. And the other thing that I would uh, – I actually just spoke to some college students yesterday uh, quickly. They were in our newsroom. And um, I think if – especially if you're, if you're a photojournalist um, or you're, you're – you know, you shoot or anything like that, whether it's in advertising or uh, – or TV news or, or what have you, I think that uh, paying attention to um, the way people go about their day-to-day is, is really crucial. So um, the example I gave yesterday is you go to a, a convenience store and you're, and you're getting something. Watch how that cashier works when she's ringing you up. You're not shooting. You're not doing anything. You're just out doing your day-to-day business. And you, you really can start to sense how people move and 
then when you're working, it's a lot easier because I'm not, I, I have so much anticipation now because of that, because I, I watch people all the time. You know, the term people watching, it, it was a whole <laughs> new meaning to me when I started in the business because I, I, I was watching for crazy characters. I would, I would watch people in the grocery store, not in a creepy way. I know this sounds really creepy, but just, <laughs> but just you know, pay, paying attention to, to the rhythm of the world you know, how it all moves and, and that can really be helpful when you're shooting. Um, so that is easily the first time I have ever heard that advice on this podcast. You know, there are a lot of pieces of advice that I hear time and time again, finding moments, uh, you know, reaching out to people who you admire, those sorts of things. That is the first time I've ever heard someone say to pay attention to how people live their day to day lives. And, and I am, I'm fascinated by that. That is such a unique thing to do and has to help you out, like you said, with anticipation and just kind of having an understanding. That is so interesting to me. Is that something you started doing early on? Oh, very, I couldn't shut it off for about the first three years. <laughs> I, um, I, I would be out and my brain would just be shooting sequences nonstop um, because I, I was trying to pay attention to everything, you know. And it, and it helps with all those things you just talked about moments, you know, all that you, 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 you start to pay attention to it, you know, like, okay, this is happening that that guy behind me is probably going to start clapping. So, you know, to get that moment you need, and now you're already turned around going to the guy to get him clapping. You know, it's it, when you watch everybody, uh, once again, not in a creepy way, but, sure. <laughs> but yes. But when you pay attention to how life moves around you, it really helps you with anticipation. That is one of the coolest pieces of advice that has been registered on this podcast. Chad Nelson, fantastic stuff. And uh, before I let you go, I always like to end with that famous reporter's question. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you wanted to add? Uh, I don't think so. Um, no, I, I, I'm just having fun trying to share the stories of our community and and, uh, and you know, trying to preserve them forever. So that's <laughs> mantra. So just that little old mantra, nothing, nothing special. Just trying to preserve moments forever. Yeah, absolutely. Chad Nelson, congratulations on your success. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast and the telling the story blog updates every Monday and Wednesday. The website is telling the story Rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher Smart Radio. And check out my new book, The Solo Video Journalist. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Telling the Story podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.